Hey, David. Yo. Do you know that it's everyone's favorite time of year at McDonald's? Uh, Monopoly is over. Yeah. See, it wasn't that. It's for the first time in forever. The toys are actually good and they're not Pokemon. Do you know oh, what toys the new Mario ones? Yeah. So funny point A and point B. I was at Valley Village today and I saw two of the Super Mario toys already. Just just chilling in there, minding their own business. I was like, damn it. People are trying to get those. But me, I've gone to two McDonald's and I've had the same result every time. Now, uh, we're in the drive-thru and we ordered our food. I go, do you have any of the Super Mario toys? And she's like, yes. I'm like, which one? She's like, I don't know, the monkey. <laughs> I was oh like, what? <laughs> she's like, the monkey one. I was like, okay, I'll take one. And then I was like, oh, my dad's favorite character is Donkey Kong. I'll take two. They're like one per customer. I'm like, okay, can I get two different toys? And like, we only have the monkey. I'm like, then I'll take two monkeys. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of hard out here right now. McDonald's toys just aren't the same. They used to they, be. But... They used to. Remember like when you could get uh, like Transformers and stuff like that and they would actually move and shit? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you remember the Mickey characters that were from all over the world? And like everybody had to have them. They were being sold for like hundreds of dollars at the time um, in their sets. Do you no. remember these? No, not at all. Well, I found a lot of them at Valley Village today. So I'll tell you because <laughs> I was uh, looking for a gold topping for our trophy, which somebody can win. Now, the, the real question is, though, did you find the Coronation Street board game? I did. I 100% did, and I posted it on our Instagram. Do you I know, know who I saw that. will check our Instagram? <laughs> Who's that? Those who listen to the Seat on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seat on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with me, Sean and David. That guy me. lives in the tundra. What's it like <laughs> up in uh, perpetual winter? You know what? Actually, it was uh, it warmed up a little bit the earlier this week. We had uh, freezing rain, uh, so a lot of the snow kind of kind of started to melt. It's actually pretty nice. Uh, we're hovering around like the minus five degrees temperature, so it's, it's not too too bad. But uh, the roads are kind kind of slippery. We um we've had fog for most of the week. So it's been like hovering around two, three degrees, which isn't that cold, but with that fog and that moisture makes it super duper cold. Now we've also had freezing rain warnings like every other day. So uh we're we're living our best life here in global warmed Ontario. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like so I was uh I was talking to some of my coworkers and one of them was like, I David, I don't know if I'm just like depressed because of like, like I have, there's nothing to look forward to right now. And I was like, yeah, it's, we're kind of in that awkward time of year where, you know, after Christmas, after New Year's, there's a lull for like what, January, February, March, really, if you're not in high school or if you're not in elementary school, because we don't really get March break off. So there's really nothing to look forward to in terms of holidays. 
you know, it's still going to be shitty weather for the next like three months anyways. And uh, I was like, yeah, that seems to be a problem. Uh, and, and it's true. Like, I think we need to have another major holiday like every three years. I mean, three months, every three, it, three years. It's the, it's the illusion. And like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy still, but Christmas lasts from like mid October to mid January. Now, mm-hmm. like there's still people with Christmas lights up, but f- come February, like the road, like it's dark out there. Yeah. It's dark and dingy. I mean, I, I still have my Christmas lights up, but I'm not going to take them down and they're hooked up to like a Wi-Fi. Oh, you're that so guy. It it just turns on automatically. I don't have to worry about it. And I'm just like, whatever. It's they're no longer Christmas lights. They're winter lights. It lights up my house. It looks nice. There's a I snowman out front. so much. Why? No, no. Actually, so <laughs> yes, cut or uncut, other... cut or uncut. Is it is it inappropriate? Not inappropriate, but is it just is it like a faux pas to have Christmas lights beyond the lunar new year up on your your uh your house i don't know i i might like probably come february I, i'll make sure that they stay off or whatnot but really like right now it's not that big of a deal and i, I did i did wonder i'm like am i the only house with <laughs> christmas lights on but the other day I was driving around late at night and not even late it's like dark at 5 30 here uh and other people had Christmas lights up. So I'm not the only house that has them on. I might be the only house that has like the entire house lights on. I might just re- re- rearrange the the plugs so that it's like maybe just like the front bush or something like that. Just to get a little bit of light. But yeah. You gotta have that yeah. little like spinning light. And then you got to put your Halloween thing in the window. But it's just like Santa sleeping with like a Hawaiian shirt on. You just got to keep the gambit going for a while. <laughs> and well, you know, I like we got some great deals on Christmas lights because um, Canadian. Well, everywhere they're they clear them out. Right. But Canadian Tire had them all like so, so cheap. I think we probably spent, I don't know, I want to say like a hundred dollars. You bought them lights. last year, right? Well, two years ago. No, like, like a- this year. We didn't get anything, anything last year when we moved here because we didn't have the money for it. Like we were we were spending our money on new things for our house and Christmas lights was the least of our worries. But this like a few weeks ago, we went to Canadian tire and they had them all like 90% off. So we got so many lights for next year, (laughs) for next year. Right. Because like, these were things that were regular price, like $50 and I'm paying 10 bucks for it. That's not bad. Why not? Right. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. Not a whole lot's going on. Yeah, it's been, it's one of those weeks, right? Like, I find January just kind of perpetually moves until it it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You get into that like we we've already hit this like the the darkest day of the the year, the longest dark day of the year. So now every day the sun stays out a few minutes longer. Well, and that's the thing is like even today, noticed it while picking up she who shall not be named from uh, from work. She was like, "Is it?" is it lighter out right now? Like, is it getting dark later? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, but we wake up and when we go to work in darkness, 
like and it's it's like pitch black <laughs> almost when we when we're going to work so you know that's the probably the only good thing about january is that by the end of january it's not completely pitch black by five o'clock fair it's a it's it's a wonderful feeling especially with it being a little bit warmer mm-hmm. so i mean and then the summer's here you know it doesn't get dark three weeks dark. long yeah well, last year it was. This year it's looking a little bit more promising. Uh, but in July, it wasn't dark until quarter to 11. Yeah, that's so wild just being that much more up north. Like it's crazy because New, uh, New Year's Day, uh, Canada Day, I saw like they were doing fireworks and fireworks weren't started until quarter to 11. And I'm like, that is so late for fireworks. Like, what the hell? Like, this town shuts down regularly at, like, 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, people are staying awake. That, and then that's when I realized, like, holy shit, it's 1030 and it's still light out. And that's yeah, going to so hard on the system in the summer. Oh, my God. It's actually, you know, it's, it's kind of nice when you're trying to get stuff done outside because you do have more time to get shit done. But yeah. it it is uh it is still kind of dark in the mornings that's the only downside so i have a confession to make i got sad the other day genuinely sad see david and i used to always go look for board games together and play board games together i was looking at my board game shelf and i was like wow a lot of these games are like aren't two players and like what we've been trying to set up some board game nights with some friends and it just hasn't worked out and then I stopped into J&J's to pick up a gift and I was like in and out. It was very quick. And I was just like, man, <laughs> I would have spent a half hour in here looking at the same shelf. Yeah. Over if only and over I was over. there with you, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be going back and forth by their uh, clearance section probably about a dozen times. Last time you went in that store, you also went to a Wendy's and sent a picture to she who not or shall not be named because you guys don't have Wendy's where you live. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I, I, that's the one thing that's, you know, living this far away. And, and for anyone who has, has had to move away from your friends and family, you know, you, you take those things for granted. Right. And, uh, you know, we're, we'll probably come down and visit this summer or in the next winter. I don't know. So and by next winter, I mean in three weeks, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things like, and it, it's not the same here. We, uh, Winnipeg doesn't have, like they have some good game stores and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. Cause can't find, can't find the same deals as we do in Southwestern Ontario. Well, you always find deals when you're not the one looking, right? That's like, every true. time we've gone out as a pair, like when one of us finds something that the other person ends up buying. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what I really, I really want to go back to that uh, antique little warehouse in uh, in Woodstock. In Woodstock, did we? I don't think we talked about this. Maybe we, we, we did. did. Yeah, we, we did. did. There's this like antique warehouse. It was massive, and then we found out that there was a second story to it. And uh, your other half didn't want to, <laughs> didn't no, want to. She, she was whatever. hungry. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. In Anyways, all fairness, like speak- every single building we went into was old and rickety. So like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. She um, didn't know what she was getting herself into, though. And uh, she she asked to come along with us. I know we yeah. had to get some other stuff there, but 
Yeah. Anyways, before we get into the docket, you and I played Demio the other night. And I've never played a game where the the difficulty curve is so, so intense (laughs) for two players to play. It was like a friggin' it was a slaughter. Like, honestly, like we did, we did pretty good. The, on the, we played the we played th- we played three games right the so the second one we did pretty well but I think the the way that the game was generated it was kind of in in our favor like the exit was very close to where we started but then the second one we got stuck in a corridor and there was just so many enemies coming to a, to us like for anyone who doesn't know Demio is a uh, a VR, VR dungeon crawler like a tabletop dungeon crawler game so it's uh pretty much the best experience of playing a board game in vr with people um like dungeons and dragons or or anything like that so good um but you know what you know what i notice with that game is because you are in vr and you're wearing these vr headsets and you're playing at this table do you find that your your neck gets really sore yeah because like you're always looking down right like yeah if you want to play with the active environment you're always looking down but i also learned the last time depending on where i play and if i'm plugged in i can play on the couch you can lay down It, it trips your brain out for like 10 minutes but if you press up on, I think your left stick, the board will tilt. So you can look at it straight on and then you can still oh. like go through the map and stuff. It's just See, harder on your, your eyes. I forgot what like the controls were for that. And so I was like playing around with it, trying to do it. But yeah, it's, we played for what, like almost two hours. It was a lot. Like I was pretty out of it after like that game. Exhausts but I think, you. I think we were just determined to win Yeah, and we, we didn't win. But uh, it was interesting. Have you played? Have you gone into like the public room where like other people can go there? No, I was asked by um, the person who was supposed to play with us why we didn't do that. And we're like, we thought you were going to come online. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually cool. I jumped in there because I saw that there was like some updates and uh, there's like some random people in there. And it's cool. You can talk to people. You can set up games. They had this like separate room where you can actually go and paint miniatures. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is cool. So I walked in there and there was... Uh, three other people at the table and they're all just sitting there painting miniatures and they look up they're like oh hi gay robot <laughs> and i'm like it's uh ray gobot <laughs> they're like oh yeah so it is <laughs> oh my and, god uh, <laughs> and then they're just like oh come take a seat paint some miniatures with us <laughs> so we sat i just sat down and i started painting miniatures with them and it's like this is so weird but uh no it was pretty cool like and i think next time we play if we're just gonna play with two we should just hop in there see if there's anyone that uh wants to join a game because they're the i don't know if the difficulty scales for the number of people that you're playing with though right like no according to reddit like the game is just hard <laughs> yeah it's, like it's just hard i think like you would have to play like to win you would definitely need to have four uh heroes at all times like even if you're playing by yourself we had you... four heroes and we just couldn't get it done no but like i think because we were really unlucky like we we really cornered ourselves that last game. But uh, yeah, yeah, the no. game scales monster health and damage based on party size. The scaling is dynamic. So when a player leaves or joins the group, it adjusts up or down. Bullshit. Because we played the mode where you get two characters each and it was so hard. Yeah, but so that's hard. the equivalent of four characters, though. 
It's yeah, but probably. Like, have you been in a campaign that we've won? I can't remember. That we won the very first one. Yeah, so I've won the first one and I've won the second one. And the second, like the Rat King, when I played with a few people, was like one of the hardest things ever on that Mm -hmm. third floor. Mm -hmm. But like you have to, it's either you have a finite combination of your characters or you work together like when you're in the planning stage to buy cards that help everybody. Yeah. And like, I think that was part of the problem because we were controlling two characters each. We just didn't know what to buy. Yeah. And that's the problem with like Gloomhaven has the same problem as well. Um, you can play the game by yourself. And there's there's a lot of other board games that have where if you're playing solo or say two players, you can control more than one character. And the problem with those is that it divides your your focus from just one character and their strategy to multiple characters. And it does make it a little bit harder to control the game because you're having to divide your attention between two characters with two completely different strategies. And unless you can really understand the mechanics of each character or the game, you're you're just kind of like playing as you go rather than being able to have those discussions with other people and and uh making making the game kind of i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say you know having those discussions and collaborating and and coming up with a strategy with someone else so you can just learn about your character that you're playing rather than be like okay i'm going to use this card and then oh i haven't really thought about this other character what they can do because i was so focused on this first one right but uh, like um i i sent you it not that long ago but what was the uh, online tabletop rpg thing that we were going to try it was like themed on fallout or something but it was like a website and it kind of does a little of the backstory for you so you'd like just generate your character and you go oh i don't remember table something but we'll try that for another day yeah so do you know what sucks having your character getting banned from a system because you haven't played in two three months (laughs) yeah this happened to thousands of people for uh lost ark Amazon Game Studios. Uh, it turns out, and I just discovered this. Someone had posted on uh, on Reddit, like, "Thanks, Amazon," and people are like, "What the hell?" So it turns out that uh, the the game Lost Ark. It's like an MMO RPG or something like that. Yeah, right? free to play MMO. Um, there was um every every month the company does a like a massive wave of bans for bots. But apparently in January, uh, they banned bots and inactive players. So the update, most recent update posted on January 15th says false bans following January bot ban waves. Greetings, heroes of Arc Arc. Arcasia or something like that, whatever. Following a recent wave of bot bans, we saw an increase in ban appeals from players who were who were this doesn't even make sense. Players who were being incorrectly impacted by these bans. I kid you not, this is the sentence structure. We determined the error that triggered these false bans and have reversed all reversed for all effective players, regardless of whether a support ticket had been f- filled. This means any game bans or marks on your same account have been removed. So for a while there, though, people on Steam had on their profiles saying that they had a a VAC ban, which was like their Valve anti-cheat, 
and that they were banned in the game. Like, and that's a public thing. Yeah. People were pissed, right? Especially people that have in, put money in and stopped playing for like a month or two, right? Because life gets in the way. But it's kind of ridiculous. Like, how does that happen? Is that like the, the intern from Epic Games that accidentally uh, gave out Death Stranding Deluxe Edition? <laughs> Instead of being like, ban bots? Allow ban bots. inactive players. <laughs> I just, what a waste. What a legitimate waste, you know? I mm. just... I, I understand what they're do- trying to do and they're trying to clean up their game and they're trying to like rectify a huge bot problem. But look at logins at least, man. Like I know a guy who played that game religiously for months and I'm pretty sure his account got banned. And well, like, that's the thing is like, goes through a lot to get it back. Yeah. There's like a ton of like free to play games out there. Right. So bots are going to be a big problem, especially in like the MMOs. But like I have an account for Guild Wars 2. I used to play that a lot when it came out. I haven't played it in so long. I loaded it up probably a year ago just to see what was because I was, I was bored. I'm like, oh, let's play an MMO, one that I have already have loaded up and I could play my game. I forgot my password, so I had to reset my password. Whatever. Not a big deal. I could play. No problem. There was so much that changed in the game that I was so confused. And I had no idea what I was doing. You just shut it off. Right. So I stopped playing. But the thing is, is that's what you want in a free to play game. You don't want players to like you want them to be able to come back whenever they want. And if your system is flawed, that if someone's not playing for so long and then you guys are just banning bots and they get caught in that, you know, it just doesn't it just doesn't sit well for Amazon Game Studios. You know, because they have what else do they have? They have uh, what's that one for? New World or whatever it's called. Yeah, New World. Right? Like so they have New World, which was their big one uh as well, which that's a paid game too. So can you imagine if people bought the game and then stopped playing for a while and then there's a bug and they just had their account banned for no reason? Yeah, I'd like, be I'd pissed, be, man. I'd be pissed too, right? And here's the thing is like New World seems interesting enough that I'm like curious to play it, but I, I don't want to spend like, it's what is it? It's like $52 right now on steam. And I'm sorry. I don't want to spend 52 bucks on a game that I'm not too sure about. That's why, you know, every so often, um, square Enix for final fantasy 14 has like a free to play weekend or like a free to play week. So yeah, you can, you can dive in there and play it. And if, and if you like it, you can subscribe, obviously like that game, you requires a purchase and a, ongoing subscription but you know at least you don't have to worry about getting randomly banned because you don't play like i've been subscribed to that game since its initial launch like way many many years ago and i stopped playing every so often and then i'll subscribe for a year play like fairly hardcore for a year and then stop playing for like two years i can always go back whenever i want right so so somebody came in on the ground floor is what he's saying yeah right so anyways what's next the entire country of europe supports microsoft's activision purchase oh hell yeah they do (laughs) so it looks like um the european developer federation or edf for short or egdf for short has entered the discussion around microsoft's proposed acquisition of activision blizzard and says it welcomes the idea of the deal um 
Microsoft has not always consistently respected assurances it has made about having its games available on other platforms, but it supports Microsoft Activision Blizzard's acquisition. Now, I'm going a little bit further in. The statement does read that the EGDF acknowledges that Microsoft has the ability for anti-competitive market behavior and has not in the past consistently respected the assurances it's given to continue making games published by companies that has been acquired and available on rival platforms. Therefore, the EGDF welcomes the opportunity for the merger. This tells you everything you need to know. Sony is getting America involved. And Microsoft is like, but we do everything you ask. We're like, I think now going back and we're not a Homer Microsoft podcast, Mm -hmm. but going back to probably November when they made that deal with Nintendo, that closed it. You gave Nintendo and Steam 10 years for your product with a renew at 10 years. Yeah. Why is that not good enough for Microsoft? Tell me. And and that's the thing is like 10, 10 years. That's a whole new console generation. Or two. I would say, you know what, though? Like, the I, I would say the console generations are lasting much longer. They used to be about five years and then they moved to about seven years. Uh, I would not, I would be surprised if we don't have a new console by 2033. Yeah. But uh, I think, I think there's still, uh, well, like what? It's been two years. These systems have been out for two years, right? Yeah. The, they went as far as also saying the acquisition gives Microsoft the means to challenge Apple in an emerging, emerging cloud gaming slash game subscription service market. Microsoft is the first gatekeeper platform to build a successful cross-plat cloud gaming subscription ecosystem. After Google killed its own subscription service, Stadia, it's crucial to have a strong competitor in the markets challenging Apple at all times. Which is true. Like it is, we do need in any market strong competition. That's how innovation happens, and that's how prices stay competitive. You look at the you you look at Canada, for example, in a, a lot of uh, like telecommunication markets and stuff like that. We pay some of the highest cell phone bills and internet prices in the modern world, right? Because most of these like there's only three companies. But if you compare the United, United States, there's multiple companies for like cell phones, example, right? So there's more competition. But yeah. same thing when it comes to like grocery stores or. Well, like, let's look at supermarkets or not supermarkets, like department stores, like Walmart, Target and stuff like that. What does Walmart, who does Walmart compete with in Canada? No one. Nobody really like, like there's real Canadian superstore, but still they're more of a grocery store than anything else. Right. Walmart's still more a clothing store than anything. A a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But in the United States, there's Target that they, that's their main competitor. Right. So obviously like in the state, that's why you can get such good deals and there's better promos and stuff like that in the United States between Walmart and Target and stuff like that. So especially in the like online streaming games service, right? And that seems to be where things are going, right? Um, Yeah, 100%. Apple needs some like some competitiveness but hold on. Apple only has their Apple Arcade, right? So it's only like mobile games. 
Well, they're just talking about the cloud. Yeah, that I think was one of their arguments. Yeah. Um, I saw a post on Reddit and I wish I could find it again. I was going to send it to you and then I got distracted. But somebody was comparing what Microsoft does with their non-exclusives to how Sony always has to have that upper hand on getting exclusive content. So you buy the game on their console for people who have both consoles. They're trying to mm-hmm. compete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, but Hogwarts Legacy is apparently the, the latest and greatest in the the um, the affinity of selling extra crap to one console and not the other. And people are upset. Like Xbox users are like, what? well, what the hell, man? I'm not buying well, a PlayStation thing. to get this extra content. And, and that's the thing. It's always been like that with uh, Call of Duty. They've always had early releases on new maps and levels and stuff like that. So let them have that still. If that's right? what the sticking and, points are, let them have it. And that's and I think that's what uh, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like whatever they get a new map a week early. I think My- partially it's kind of a moot point now because especially with Call of Duty with the cross platform multiplayer, if you have uh, a multiplayer map that releases on PlayStation a week before PC or Xbox, all you're doing is making it harder for matchmaking on those on PlayStation, right? Um, it might be a little bit harder, but if anything, it'd be like at this point, it'd be, um, I don't know, exclusive skins or some shit like that, whatever it may be. Like, and if that's what they want, then give it to them. Who cares, right? But there, there definitely needs to be, there definitely needs to be some competition. And it's not, it's not good for one company to own a ton of other companies. Right. And we see this all the time in, in just like in the world in general, like there's always like a major company that owns so many other smaller brands. And at some point I think it will be, you know, saying, okay, Microsoft enough is enough. Like you own too much, right? Like it's affecting competition. It's affecting innovation, but right now what they're trying to do is their their gaming model and their business model is trying to get as you know as many games to as many people as possible on multiple platforms where sony is very much still in that closed-minded you know buy it on our system and for our system only it's two games they're fighting over it's fucking overwatch and call of duty they don't care about anything else and the thing is is nobody cares about overwatch anymore yeah, the, the second game bombed. So Diablo, don't worry about it. Candy yeah. Crush, don't worry about it. Yeah, right. Speaking they're just of, being they're just being assholes. I know. Speaking of uh Google Stadia recently shutting down, it is officially shut down. So that is one more big player in the online game streaming service that's not uh no longer existing. But Google did something good for the people. Yeah, uh, you're, you're showing me via webcam. I'm showing you via webcam. What a stupid looking controller. What are you talking about? Why? This is such a comfortable controller. The Google Stadia controller is a super comfy controller. Yeah, it and takes, uh, what games are you going to play on it? It takes the best. I'm going to play any game on my PC because Microsoft, oh, Microsoft, Google has released an update for the controller that enables Bluetooth. So you can use it as a wireless Bluetooth controller for Windows, Mac, iOS, Android. Is it better than the Xbox controller? 
you know what? Honestly, it feels it it is a lot more comfortable than the Xbox controller. The main difference between this one and the Xbox controller is this actually looks more like the uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Which I've got some complaints about in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a super comfy controller. The problem was before, and, and this was a big concern for a lot of people, with the shutdown of Stadia, this controller could only be used wirelessly for Stadia games. So either if you're playing on your Chromecast on your TV or using it through uh, Google Chrome uh, on the web browser. Because what happened is the controller actually has a Wi-Fi chip in it. So the technology is actually pretty cool. The controller connected to Wi-Fi and connected to the game server separately. Then, so nothing was going through your system, and it actually allowed for lower latency for controls because with Bluetooth there is a certain amount of latency. So if you're playing a game that's streaming already, and you have that latency between the controller and the streaming device already, you're just going to add even more latency between your inputs or your controls to when the game actually responds. So Google kind of like mitigated this by having the controller with a Wi-Fi chip connect directly to their servers in play. The only problem with that is that Bluetooth was disabled. So you could use the controller with your PC if you had it connected through a USB cable. But not everyone likes that, right? Like we're, we've been in the world of wireless controllers since what, like 2002? Yeah. Something like that. So uh, there's a big concern with, and there's a big concern with e-waste, right? Like how many, how many electronic devices do we buy that only has a lifespan of two to three years? But you're paying like in Canada, you're paying an e-waste tax literally on everything you purchase except cell phones right now. Yes. And, and, but still like you're paying for this, but again, it still shows like, and that's for, that's supposed to go for like recycling programs and stuff like that. Right. Well, yeah, I think it just goes into these companies' pockets. Yeah. 100%. When was the last time you took something like an electronic device and, and got it recycled properly? Honestly, I don't know. My 3D Sony monitor that I loved dearly broke, so I just threw it in the dumpster. Right, exactly, and that's what and most then, people do. Well, like it was, it shattered while I was moving, and it was like yeah. just there, so I just yeah. tossed it. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know. Like the last few like consumer electronics things that I've tried to get rid of that have still worked, I've put in what we call the Bermuda Triangle at our building, where you just put a <laughs> sign on it that says "free." And then it disappears. That's so funny. So, yeah, there's a lot of concerns that these controllers, though, were going to be useless. If people didn't want to play wire like with a USB cable connected to their computer and then they're just going to throw it out. So, you know what? This is, uh, I think, a big step for or a, a lot of companies can follow Google in this sense where and again, this is just a controller, whatever. It's not like a phone. It's not something that has like super, like it's not super useful in most regards unless you're playing games. But the fact that they went and updated it while they shut, before they shut down their service so that you can still use a controller to prevent it being thrown out, to prevent all these controllers being tossed into dumpsters yeah. just to, just to go to just waste away. Um, you know what? Like, that's super awesome because this is my go-to PC controller. 
I was using this wired for a long time, but again, it's like it, I just want that freedom of having it on my just wirelessly. And it's, it's a super comfy controller. So yeah. Nice. Do you want to, you want to know my gripe with the pro controller? Yes, I do. This is going to be so minute. Why does Nintendo have to do everything backwards? Just if you play Xbox and you play PlayStation, the button configurations are the same. They just have different letters and symbols on them. Mm-hmm. Not Nintendo. A is B and B is A. Up is down. No, well, that's not true. But <laughs> B is A and A is B. So um, I've entered myself a goal for this year. I've decided that over the next 12 months, I'm going to pl- complete 8 to 12 story games. 8 to 12? Why do you ask? That's such a weird number. Well, I don't want to commit to a full 12 because I enjoy summer. I don't like to game a lot in the summer. Unless it's dark outside, there's not a lot of darkness. I'd rather not play games. I'd rather be outside, just hanging out, you know, listening mm-hmm. to music or at a dock or whatever. Doing my thing. So, game number one for January. I started Breath of the Wild. Never played Welcome it. to 2015. Right, but I, like I've never had the desire to pay full price for it, which I think is fair because Nintendo oh, yeah. doesn't exactly go on sale. Um, but I had a friend loan it to me, and I'm playing through it right now. And I gotta say, I'm 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 happy with the game. However, there is definitely some flaws that you'd think a game that came out in 2014 or yeah, 2015, 2017, actually. Or My sorry, bad. 2017. Um, you think they would have patched or fixed some problems? Like the frame rate droppage is astounding for how often it happens. Um, I'm also quite surprised with like how clunky the controlling is for a game that's rated 10 out of 10. The fact that if you play with a pro controller and not the the we or the switch remotes plugged into your little like. Like your little controller holder, base controller. Yeah. Holder thing. Yeah. Like the can, the controller figuration is just a little bit different. So like when you're trying to like scroll through your weapons, sometimes I find myself like holding it with my thumb and then moving my finger over to like try and scroll through and then still keep the battle going. Dodging is very clunky. It's a clunky game. And maybe in 2017 clunkier games kind of were there. That was the thing. I don't mind the game at all. I just well, find you have it to remember though. Like, this was the first uh, like major change in the style of Legend of Zelda, right? Like this turned into an open world. This is a very difficult game, and it's more of an open world kind of thing. That has uh, nothing to do with the fact that I have to do like six different maneuvers to try and change from a sword to an axe. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I I, I do appreciate the story where it's at so far. I I was kind of picking up on the fact that like it's like uh, an indirect direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. That's true. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, You get that little nostalgia teary eye when you go into the Temple of Time and you hear Song of Time all slow. That shit's fun. Waiting for my little fairy to show up and yell at me, but. Overall, so far, so good. I will let you know how I feel. I should be done it in a week or two. That's my goal. 
Really? That's a lot of, that's a lot of time. I guess you could, you don't have to get through everything, but uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, I, w- I want to uh, propose to you that you should be playing um, afterwards. You should be playing a plague's tale. God of war is February. Okay. What at some point you need to play a plague's tale uh, because I think you will really, really enjoy that story. If you want a story, uh, a very story driven game for sure. 100% you should play that one. Yeah, I've got to be I've got to be like careful with which games I pick when, because once Hogwarts Legacy comes out, I will never be able to touch my PlayStation. Well, it'll be the, it'll the be nice gone. thing is that uh, Plague Sale is on on uh, Xbox as well. That's true. And, and actually, you and I... if you got it on Epic Games, I'm pretty sure it was free on there at some point, too. So you could play it on PC. You could play it on and PC. Like, I know you and I are going to play through Skywalker Saga. So that's a game that we're going to do. I've got this. I just have to complete the story. I'm not playing completionist. I am completing stories. But that is my, my 2023 challenge. And David, I'm going to challenge you <laughs> yeah, to like three that. games. <laughs> three games. Three games. Well, you know what? I'm working on, I'm working on one right now. Um, I th- and it has I, to be a minimum of eight hour story per game. Really? That's not... Why minimum eight hours? Because that's like the level of investment I'm willing to bet you're going to put into a story. Like I'm playing games that are like 20 to 40 hours each. I'll have you know. So I'll I've have playing... you know what? <laughs> what? I've been playing this game since uh, since like Christmas break called Chained Echoes. It is. This is uh, like a 16 bit RPG. Kind of very reminiscent of the uh, like the Super Nintendo RPGs like Chrono Triggers and Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Uh, and I have played it for over 15 hours already. Wow. Proud of you. How far <laughs> are you? Um, I finished I finished Act 1. Or the, the, the prologue and Act 1. And there's four total, or I guess five total acts, including the prologue. prologue. But uh, yeah, I've been playing that a lot uh, in between pieces. This, this is the great thing about Game Pass, is that I can play it on my pc i can play it on my xbox and my save file transfers automatically um and with my steam deck i can load up the edge browser on there and stream directly through that because i don't have windows installed on my steam deck just yet but i have been playing this game quite a bit and it is my i'm really enjoying it so i probably will be beating that one within the next few months i'm not like just die hard playing it that's my like saturday or sunday afternoon game nice you, you know, are like, i just want to relax and not play something like that's crazy i can just kind of enjoy a story and and whatnot yeah so main story is about 30 hours for chain decos main plus size is about 40 and like here's the thing i'm taking my time though like i'm not rushing through through the maps and stuff like that so i'm probably not as far as i i should be at this t- amount of time that I've put into it because I, I do like to explore stuff. And I, f- I find that um, I get lost in searching every nook and cranny in the maps and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's not bad. The coolest thing about this game though, is that it was made entirely by one person. No, oh, that's cool. Um, like he did all the artwork, all the game design, all like all the coding and stuff like that. Obviously like some other people had done uh, the music and, and some, I guess the music, 
but no, this guy did everything. So it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's currently has very positive overall rating, over a thousand ratings in uh, almost two thousand ratings on Steam, and they're all all very positive. Uh, it takes uh, you back to like nineteen ninety five, eh? Yeah, and I think that's what really kind of draws me into it because it was a. Uh, I love like Chrono Trigger and you know Final Fantasy two and three. But on it's Super also Nintendo. turn-based? Is that it is, what I'm yeah. seeing here? Yeah. yeah. So, and the cool thing is like, there's a lot of strategy involved with this game because uh, it has like, there's this thing called the overdrive bar. So the more you attack, you, this this bar moves up and you want to be in this like kind of extra, like premium zone. It's like the green zone where your attacks do more damage, but then also you take less damage. But then as you're you get hit or you do more attacks and stuff like that, it keeps going and then it can go into a like the danger zone where you take more damage yourself and do less damage. So certain attacks will move this bar up and up and down depending on yeah. what it is. So it kind of forces you to play very strategically and stuff like that. But there's like mechs in it. Like eventually you get this like super like armored mech suit, which is cool and you can fly around and shit. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I've been playing that one. Um, I don't really know what's next on my list. I think I have been playing that. I did play. What is that? That, uh, the Rick and Morty designed one. How high, high, high high life. life. I found it repetitive really quickly. Yeah. You know, it's one of those games. Like it's, it's, if you want like a no brainer, like first person shooter kind of thing, um, play that. So I've been playing that a little bit, but, uh, and then I have been slowly working on a plague's tale two. Nice. So steam deck, what is your most played title right now? Something on an emulator. Let me tell you, (laughs) I've had my steam deck for like two weeks now and it is amazing it is so good i set up a bunch of emulators i have a bunch of game boy advance game boy game boy color n64 super nintendo but what i've been playing the most actually are uh two games what or two things one is my ps2 the ps2 emulator i put on some of those uh games that i had on ps2 like burnout 3 yeah remember that and um ghost in the shell which was a uh, it was based off like the anime TV show, but it's like a third person like sci-fi shooter kind of thing, third person shooter. And I remember getting that, playing that. But then also PGA Tour 2K21 because I got it for free on Steam. Um, it's actually like super super handy just being able to play these games on. Uh, I guess like yeah, I've had my Switch and I could do the same thing, but I can play really whatever I want. Um, You'll actually be super proud of me. I got Lawnmower Simulator <laughs> running on there because it was free on the Epic Game Store. So I got that installed in there and I started playing Lawnmower Simulator. I'm down for it. My uh, my company's name is, uh, I think, called Mr. Clippy. Mr. And Clippy. My, uh, my guy's name is uh, Caleb. Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's a ton of fun. Um, you know, the case that it comes with, this is, this was interesting, the case that it comes with and, and, uh, I'll show you on, uh, on the webcam, but no one will know. There's this, like, I've seen the case before, there's yeah. this like little rubber band thing at the 
bottom of the case. And that's where you're supposed to store the um, AC adapter because it's like a 45 watt uh, charging brick. Like it's pretty big. So someone designed this, um, this little kind of cubby thing to hold the charging brick. Oh, like it's, it's an AC or it's like a 3d print. eh? Yeah. So I 3d printed this, uh, and it fits perfectly in the little like kind of crevice in the case, which is sweet. So it makes it so you don't have this like cable lying around. But the funniest thing about this is that it had slots for micro SD cards because the cool thing about the steam deck is that it has a micro SD card slot, but you can install like if you have games installed on there, like steam games or whatever, you could swap the SD cards out and play those games directly because it doesn't like really affect how the games are installed. It's not like Windows where it's like if you have a, if you install a game on a hard drive and then and just get rid of it or plug it in or change it or whatever, it, it might be like, OK, it's not where we were looking for. Yeah. It's literally just like a cartridge. So someone posted on the Steam Deck subreddit their physical game collection. And literally what they were doing is they had like all these SD cards and they had just installed one game on it and then printed covers and put them in switch cases. So if they want to play it, they just pop that SD card in there. I'm like, that's kind of funny, but SD cards are so cheap these days, right? That that's actually not a bad idea. Think about it. Like if like I have the 64 gig steam deck and then I have one terabyte SD card in there. But it gets to the point where if the game, like if the, my SD card's full and I, I haven't upgraded the internal storage, I have to uninstall something, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if I look through my drawer, I probably have about six or seven, 16 to 32 to 64 gig micro SD cards that I'm not using for anything. So like I could install a game on that and just put it in a, make a custom case for it, for that game. Like hell, like I could put, the division two on it. Yeah, but what but like and why? Just so you have it physical? Yeah, why not? Some people like that. I still like buying physical games. Like I wouldn't go that far because I'm not like a hardcore collector of that. But you know, I still prefer to purchase physical PlayStation games or Nintendo games, right? Like uh <laughs> Xbox games is a little little tough because most games are on Game Pass, <laughs> so I can't really justify it unless it's like a super, super dit deep discount or it's a game that I really want, but yeah, no, I get that overall. Honestly, I think, uh, I think you will eventually get a steam deck. Uh, I know that we've talked about it a bit, uh, at some point you will, I'm sure. And honestly, if you were to get it just to play older games, it's, worth I it. think it's, I think it's totally worth it. Um, because like the way that emulators run these days, like for PlayStation two, for example, they look good because the emulators are able to, um, render the games at a higher resolution and they still on this, the, the steam deck screen, they look good. Like it feels like I'm playing a game that was made. I don't know why well, most of them were made early two thousands, but made for PC rather than yeah. like a lower powered console kind of thing. The thing that I like the most about the steam deck so far, from what I understand is is designed to make emulation easy. You don't have to do all the work. You just download whatever you want. Well, yeah, like, uh, and it's it's pretty straightforward because a lot of people there's there's some people that have developed or designed um, essentially a, a prepackaged emulator installer. 
So this one that I installed was called EmuDeck, and it installs all of these emulators, and they're already set up. And you can still go in and customize each one and adjust the settings individually if you want to or if you need to. But I was able to just load up a bunch of ROMs and play a game. Yeah. With with very little controls. The only thing that's kind of frustrating is because the controller for the N64 was so obscure and so obnoxious, uh, playing it on a modern design controller is a little confusing and a little more a little bit more difficult. But other than that, it works perfectly for everything else. Which is sweet. So So, finally, we have two topics left. Kaleidoscope and trivia. Let's do Kaleidoscope. Spoilers ahead. Yes. Sean finally finish it. (laughs) Should we do trivia first and then do... Nah, fuck it. We'll do... We'll do... We'll do Kaleidoscope. Yeah, I finally finished it. So... I understand what you were saying about how... Like last week when we were talking about it, you were... You felt like the white episode felt a little like in your face because you kind of knew how it ended. And like, I thought about this and I took it back to, we already knew what was going to happen in Obi-Wan. So no characters ever felt like they were in grave danger. Right. Mm -hmm. So watching the white episode after our phenomenal, I would say we probably had one of the luckiest bounces in random color generation history. So we finished at red and then pink. So we knew the last two episodes we watched before white were five days after the heist and then six months after the heist. And then we saw the heist, which meant the ending of the white episode where all the things flash back when he's talking to his daughter about him, like getting shot and all mm-hmm. that other shit all makes sense. I like maybe we got lucky because like I know some people who watch pink in their first like two episodes and they're like, well, I'm so not invested. Like you like, like we got to love these characters. We hated Bob from the beginning. Oh yeah. Everyone does. And he's still, but also (laughs) fuck you, Netflix. Why, 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 why would you put the thumbnail for the pink episode to be Bob when everybody thought it was dead? Oh, obviously because, the I order don't makes it different, but it does. But here's the thing. I would just play the next episode button. Right? Yeah, see, like, I didn't we, even look at that. We had to go back to episode to, to see. So we kind of knew that he was not dead. Mm. But I so here's the thing do... I, I saw. Hold on, I saw the pink and then red episode before white episode as well. And In here's what the order, thing. though. It was. Because you told me you saw pink within your like, I thought you saw pink just after the first half. Hold on, I'm getting confused now. Pink was like. Pink is the very end of the ship. Pink is like five, five months after, right? Where he goes to Bob goes to kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that was this. That was the episode that we watched before white. So the problem with the problem with that, though, is that. We knew something like the only thing you don't know is how he uh, lost his his vocal cords. Well, yeah, because you see that in the heist episode. Exactly. So there's a few things. There's a few things that they that they uh, kind of keep from you throughout those ones in the in those. uh, 
earlier episodes, right? So mine was, let's see, black, green, yellow, orange, blue, violet, red, pink. So uh, red was five, like five minutes or five hours after the heist or something like that. Yeah. So like when they rendezvous in the garage. And that was interesting because it's like, oh, shit, stuff's going down. What happened? Right. And then pink happens. And that's everything like months after. So, you know, everyone dies and you know that the heist, you know, like went astray. We know the only thing that we didn't know was where did the bonds go and really how did um, Bob lose his voice and what happened to that? uh, The the guy who was the driver. Yeah. Which honestly. That was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. What would you say the most shocking death was for you? Or I would shocking say, revelation? I would say that guy. You the, thought his the, death was the most shocking? Uh, I would, You know what? That whole scene, I think. Right? Because it shows that like this Bob is like someone's saying up to him and he's being an asshole. And then his girlfriend or whatever, you know, you'd think that she... Well, especially after seeing that she had gotten with, uh, what's his face? The nerdy guy from, I oh, forget his um, name. Um, Stan. Yeah. You'd think that, okay, maybe she's smartened up, but really she's just an asshole and she killed him. Right. Like, because she was still falling, like she was still following Bob and him being an asshole. Right. Like, I think that kind of was very shocking. Um, I don't know. Maybe other than that, the fact that uh, what's his fight, what's his face's daughter replaced all of the bonds with paper, colored paper. See, I looked at the other half when the like that was all happening. I was like, why haven't we heard from the daughter? So I started piecing things together, and I thought the daughter was directly involved. And when I saw the the scene where the FedEx guy goes, I'm like, all the bonds are in those FedEx boxes. So I thought that the daughter was heavily involved, but I also thought she and him was were in a little bit more like um why can't I think of his name now? Um Verone. Veroni? Yeah, um Moff Gideon. Yeah. Good old Moff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um he was Leo. Um, I thought he was the one who was directly involved with that. So like I was kind of off there, but I knew the daughter was a little bit more sus than um, Mm. she might have been. The shocking death for us was Ava. Because we thought she was going to like, we thought kind of she was going to stay with Leo until he died of the like Parkinson's. Gotcha. But we also thought that the Parkinson's element of the show cheapened his end a little because, bit like, yeah he was killed by um roger's son in a tunnel in new york like in central park yeah while he's like shaking and like like barely making it through the park right yeah like, like you pretty he, much know he's on his way out anyways yeah yeah so like we thought that was kind of like unfortunate we understood that it could have been Parkinson's because that's what they tell you, but they don't actually ever confirm it. Mm-hmm. 
right? And then it's such a stark fall off in those last five months. Um, the FBI agent, the moment she's walking on the street and he's like, hi, can I help you? I knew the FBI was killing her off easily. Oh, like yeah. The, right? the, the poison contact. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was the FBI that killed her off or it's just like the because she was looking Who? into those uh, those the triplets, three people, yeah. the triplets. Right. So it's definitely one of them. But, you know, some of that stuff, I, I just felt like it was some of clean. the stuff. No, some of the stuff. And it was an interesting way of doing things. And I thought they might. Obviously, they'll probably try something later on again like this. Right. Like the last time that they tried something interesting like this was um, Black Mirror. Black Mirror Bandersnatch, right? Which was super cool because you could watch that like three or four times and get a different ending each time, right? Um, so I, I I don't doubt that Netflix isn't going to try something else s- similar to this. Um, but I think it needs to be a story where each episode isn't going to take away from the the one episode that they want you to watch. I think ultimately, like if people got away, if people survived a somewhat, if like it ended up being like a somewhat of a happy ending for someone, then that heist episode would have had, would have, yeah, would have meant a lot more because everyone dies really like two people get away. Right. If that, and you don't really care about anyone else. Cause it's like, there's no sense of, urgency or sense of like i don't know fear that someone that you're rooting for is going to survive because you know that either they already do or they they don't right like we knew right away that the guy who was the driver or whatever was missing and no one knew where he was right like so yeah yeah, finding out how he died sucked the um the thing that i thought about and i still continue to think about is Judy and Stan's ending, right? Is she thought she killed Bob, right? And then mm-hmm. Bob tracked her down because Lou sent them him that way, right? Mm-hmm. But she took off with the 100K in the car and he was just left alone, right? He was just eating a fish taco. He knew nothing about what was going on. And like Bob died on the beach, friggin' 300 yeah, feet from him. They didn't show if she took. No, she made the decision, but yeah, that's what they insinuated. So I'd be interested if they did like a kaleidoscope too, like a one of two different scenarios. Scenario A, completely new cast, completely new heist, completely new everything. But now we're on guard, so we're going to start looking for that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scenario number two, Stan and Judy as their own series trying to survive and they try and pitch a heist to go after Salas's kid. That'd be cool. And then it's kind of the same thing, but we already know everything that happened in the past. Yeah, that's true. So then you get to see a little bit more of her upbringing and how she was like an explosives uh, master, him for petty theft and all that stuff. Maybe you get Leo's daughter in it, who was the mastermind and clearly kept some of the money for herself. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. 100%. Um, Question for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> was Stan the not biggest bitch in the game? Yeah. Well, yeah, but Stan, did he not pretty much come off 
as the exact same character slat minus like capable of actually you know getting things some things done he was pretty much the exact same character as huey from the boys i thought it was the same guy for I thought it was the same guy too for the longest time but then like the way like the the type of character and stuff like that yeah it's, it's pretty much the same guy which is so funny to me he was always going to be a the guy who lived i just i had a feeling when we met him early in the show he was going to live right Mm-hmm. but he also was never careful. And then when he's yeah. like every single day I wake up, like I'm, I'm happy to just be with you, blah, blah, blah. We got to get out of here. He was always the propeller. He was always the one trying to push her to the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. But he also made a lot of mistakes. He got them made all that crap. Yeah. I think um, the order of, the first like the first bunch of episodes that I watched up until like pink and red worked really well because it started off with us seeing um, Stan and and uh, Leo in jail. Yeah. Right. And so, OK, cool. They, these two guys are in jail. We don't really know much about them, but we know that they're mm-hmm. they're connected in some sort. And then we see them outside of jail. And I was like, OK, hold up. It doesn't make sense that like this like Stan is like running his own business and the cops aren't looking after him like because they clearly know that he he got out of jail and like they know where he is and all that stuff. So like that didn't make sense. But still, we saw a little bit of that post um, jailbreak. Yeah. And then it went to the some other random shit. Uh, oh, like the the diamond heist. And then after that, it went back in 25 years. So we got that like pre like prequel kind yeah, of story, see. which happens a lot in a lot of TV shows and stuff like that, where it now, okay, you know these characters and you're wondering this stuff. And then they go back in time and tell a story and explain that. And then it's like, oh shit. And then it puts a whole new layer to the relationships within those characters. So that now you're like, okay, now you know that there's even more motivation for say these characters to actually want to rob this place. Right. So it gives the viewer some more information that the other characters might not necessarily have. I thought that was really cool. And then it just kind of like all ended. I think if we saw like the pink or red episode early on, it would have just, I would have had zero investment into the rest of the the series. I I feel that. So we got the very like furthest point done first. So we had 24 years in advance right away. So then when we saw it jump to five weeks before the heist, we're like, Oh my God, that was his buddy. He's like, he's rotting in jail and Roger Salas is out like gallivanting all this stuff. That's like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the show is definitely based a little bit on um, interpretation and how you see it. Um, But at the end of the day, I thought it was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, like it was enjoyable. Like it was something that uh, I I, I did enjoy it. It took a little bit getting into. I know that uh, she shall not be named was like, "Eh, I don't really care about that show. But (laughs) she she did get into it. She said it just like that, too. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, She got into a little bit more, but by the end, again, 
because we kind of knew what happened to all the characters, it didn't really affect us all that much. Kind of like how you say, yes, we know an Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know Obi-Wan lives and all that stuff. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really take, or it, it takes away from the show a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I think if it was done in a way that, I think the white episode should have been the second last episode. Only if you didn't have the explanation of him getting shot. Can you imagine watching the white episode? Then all of a sudden the blue episode happened. You'd be like, what the fuck? No, I think, I think it should have been the white episode and then the red episode. You mean? Yeah. Okay. But right? not the pink episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. I give it a four out of five. Uh, I believe you gave it a three out of five. Yeah. Hold on. I gave, what did I give it? I think it was like a three or a 3.5 out of something or other. Um, hold on. I, I think I wrote it down. Uh, Kaleidoscope. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. So we're pretty average there. Yeah. So yeah. Not bad. All right. You want to talk some trivia before we get out of here? Sure. Lay it on me. All right. So January 25th, TWB Brewery, Kitchener, Ontario. We are doing Disney trivia. Now, the categories are as follows. Here are your hints. Here are your clues. Classic Disney. So think... Maybe the Lion King, maybe Aladdin. Who knows? I am not going to tell you. Uh, the next round is going to, well, not in any particular order. There's also going to be Pixar. We're doing a Pixar round. Nice. We're going to do a, a villains round. It could be any Disney villain. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now, like, are you talking about like Disney pers- specifically, or are you looking at like Disney umbrella? I'm technically not saying Darth-, Darth Maul could or could not be an answer. <laughs> okay, because I could say Darth Maul technically is a Disney villain now, te- technically. Yeah, so possibly. I mean, Mysterio is a Disney villain now. Uh, Ironmonger is a Disney villain right now. Thanos, Disney villain right now. Why don't you just do a Marvel, a Marvel game then? Because I'm trying to throw people off the scent. <laughs> Uh, we are doing a finish the lyric and then we are doing the staple fifth round, which is an audio round. Name that movie. So there you go, folks. You know the drill. We will see you on the 25th for some fun, exciting trivia. Some free or well, unlimited popcorn ish is what we put on the poster. <laughs> it's, it's unlimited until we run out and it's like a big ass bag every single time. But uh, it's going to be a good time. We're doing like a full Disney thematic should be a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Should people dress up as Disney characters? Is there any bonus points for that? No, not not for... That would have been such a good idea to organize like a few weeks ago. But <laughs> no, no. We're not dressing up for this one. I'm sorry. Damn. You want to wear Mickey ears or something, you can. Maybe some mini ears. Yeah, and it might just get you a few extra kernels of corn in your uh, in your bag there. No extra points, though. Those things are valuable. Yeah, that's just expensive. (laughs) All right. So that is it for this one. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. Listen to us on all your favorite podcatchers. Follow us on Instagram, where we will drop more trivia hints and more really fun pictures of Coronation Street, the DVD board game. For myself, David. Oh my god! You're too fast for me. I can't hit the button. So you're too fast. That's okay, what this she is, said. This is Sean's. And <laughs> because he wanted a sound, so that's it for <laughs> There you go. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now.
I want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.